This is Soundmaking, a podcast made by Hogan Stenner and myself, Matthew Schlomovitz. Each episode of Soundmaking features a composer or performer discussing the how and why of music they've created. For this episode of Soundmaking, I spoke with composer Georgia Rogers about two tracks from her album September, which was released on Another Timbre. We warmly recommend that you also check out the other tracks on this terrific album. The first piece you'll hear is an electronic composition called Logistic. And at the end of the episode, you'll hear Bass, a duo performed by Joe Queeth on bassoon and James Opstead on double bass. In this episode, Georgia discusses the mathematical processes that underpin each composition, stillness, and the reaction of composer Tim Parkinson who appeared on episode 20 of Soundmaking, to hearing the premiere of Georgia's piece, Bass. Uh, My name's Georgia Rogers. I was born in Islington in North London, um, and now I live in Walthamstow in East London. Um, And I'm a composer of music for instruments and electronics, sometimes together and sometimes separately. So we're going to hear two pieces from my album, September, which um, came out on another timbre in 2021, um, performed by Apartment House and Zubin Kanga. The first track we'll listen to is called Logistic from 2010, and that's a purely electronic piece, which I composed in uh, using Max MSP while I was doing my master's at Edinburgh University. And it's based on something called the logistic equation. So the logistic equation or the logistic difference equation was developed um, by biologists who were studying variability in populations of various animals Um, and so it's a simple quadratic equation which relates a population um, like a future population to a previous population via um, a parameter called r Uh, And basically what happens as you drive up, as you turn up R, um, the predicted population um, starts to oscillate. So when you look at this equation, it looks quite sort of simple, but you get this quite complex and chaotic behaviour emerging from it. It's it's easiest to... um, to, to see if you find a graph of the logistic equation you can see like it starts off as one line then it um, forks into two lines then four then um, eight sixteen and then suddenly there's loads and loads of lines and there are these sort of points of focus within it um, and yeah so you, it's something very simple to, on the surface but but the behavior that emerges is not simple at all the sounds used in the piece are ones that I recorded in the studio. I think I just I got various objects and kind of rolled them around. Um, and then in Max MSP, I applied some processes, um, mainly slowing them down and speeding them up just a little bit. Each layer kind of takes a one specific speed of replaying one or other of these samples. It was quite, I guess it was the first time I did something quite formulaic. So I set it, I set it up running and then something came out the other end and I didn't tweak it too much. Whereas I think most of the time 
previously and since actually i i usually do a lot more tweaking if i use any pro any formal processes um whereas this one's quite um like it it just does what it does the the patch does something and this comes out the other end i guess it would be different if you put in different samples that's the one the choice i made but um generally my choices were limited in this piece because it's just doing one kind of equation I was kind of surprised when Simon asked to include it on the CD because it was sort of it's hidden away on a SoundCloud page or something, but he found it and he liked it, uh, so I was very happy that he wanted to include it.
The piece we're going to hear at the end of the episode is called Bass, which I wrote in 2019 uh, and it's scored for bassoon and double bass. Um, and I was asked to write this piece by Alex Nikiporenko and James Luff of 840 Concert Series. The piece is called Bass, spelt B-A-S-E, um, and it's kind of a silly pun, which I sort of enjoy sometimes in titles of pieces, because obviously there's bassoon and double bass, which are B-A-S-S, and then we have B-A-S-E, um, and the bass, B-A-S-E, is also a mathematical term when you're talking about counting. You can count in bass 10, or you can count in bass 2, or whatever, um, and that seemed sort of interesting, I suppose, as a title for this piece, because it's all about counting. When I composed the piece, I wanted to kind of keep it quite simple, just to it, it basically hear the sound of these two instruments, which I don't think I'd really heard together before as a duo. Um, and I was imagining in my head that it could sound really beautiful. Um, and they do together. I think they're a great duo. Um, so I use some really simple counting procedures um, to compose the piece. So it's basically just uh, you start off with like two notes in, in one instrument and one note in the other, and you keep adding one note in um, per phrase for a set number of measures until you get to a certain point, and then you uh, take away one note per phrase for another uh, number of measures until you get to the end. Um, so again, it was it sort of set up a bit like clockwork. Yeah, I quite enjoyed the simplicity of that process and the way it foregrounds the sound. Um, and yeah, that and then that led me to the name bass, thinking about counting. Bass was recorded in um, August 2020 at Goldsmiths um, and James Opstad's um, played the double bass and Joe Quee played the bassoon um, and Simon Rinnell from Another Tambra um, was a recording engineer. I think we, we went for quite we went for quite a simple sound I think kind of quite close up uh, there was a room mic um, and then a couple of microphones sort of close up to the instruments so we were looking for something without too much of the space in it um, more focused on the instruments in terms of how people might hear bass, I assume they, they wouldn't be listening to the counting going on because um, it's not quite as explicit as like a Tom Johnson piece or something. But it, it, it was more a way of getting to a sort of simple structure. I mean, in a way, what I'd like to do is just have them play the same note over and over again Um 10 minutes and we could all just bask in that and it'd be lovely um but I also don't want to do that because that sort of people have done that already haven't they so I'm trying to make it sort of like the experience of that but but not that structurally not that so that you might hear it in a different way somehow um when it when it's performed live um it, yeah, I suppose it does sound a little bit um, ritualistic or there. I was sort of surprised by the stillness that it made um, because it was a piece where I, I very much just wrote it in a room by myself without 
I didn't hear any hear it on instruments until we had a little rehearsal probably on the day of the concert and then I heard it in the concert um which is always quite fun um and yeah I was a bit surprised by how kind of still it was because the processes are always moving forward but somehow you arrive at this kind of um stasis in a way um in the sound I suppose because timbrely it's quite similar um all the way through um which I quite enjoy because it, it gives or I hope it gives listeners the space to just appreciate the sonic qualities um rather than worrying about what might happen next after it was played in the concert um Tim Parkinson came up to me and said um thanks for that that was just what I needed <laughs> which is nice um I think because it, it was a bit of a I think there'd been a couple of other pieces that were quite like busy and hectic and then my piece was um really was this sort of still meditative thing and maybe it was a little chance to relax and he enjoyed that so it was nice mm-hmm. 